All right, now time to start on questions. Questions on Genesis 11 about Babel and the genealogy from Shem to Abraham. Yes. Okay, so we were just talking about the sequence of events with uh, Abraham, Terah, Lot, uh, Haran, all these, all these different ones. So it sounds like Abraham was converted when he was in Ur. Yes. And then left there to go to Haran. Yes. Right. And then do you take it as well that through, uh, for certain we know Lot was a believer because of the testimony of Peter that he was a righteous man. Yes. And, but then what about Terah? Do you, take, do you think Terah was converted as well at the same time through the ministry of Abraham? I think so. I think he was, and I also think Nahor was. That's why they're all mentioned. Why they're all mentioned. And then Haran, was he dead already? Yeah, that's what it says. That's what it says. So he was dead before Haran of Abraham to leave Ur. Yes. And then they left Ur and went and settled in Haran. Yeah. Until Terah died. Until Terah died. And he was 205. Yes. And then we also know when Abraham leaves Haran to go to Canaan. In Genesis 12, he's 75 years old, correct? Mm -hmm. So that's how you get that his father was 130 whenever he was born. Whenever Abraham was born. But he started having children when he was 70. Yes. So either Nahor or Haran was born before he was 70. Yes. And Abraham wasn't born until he was 130. That's correct. So it's that would then mean that it's also possible that Lot could have been older than Abraham. Or do we have any context to the age of Lot? No, we don't. We don't have any context or knowledge of how old Lot was. Okay. No. I've always assumed he was younger because he's his nephew, but that's not necessarily the case. Not necessarily. But, but it, it could be. Or, or the same age. Could be the same age, or he could be even older than him. Yeah, yeah. So then you... Okay. Um, so you're, but all of that about Lot, how old was Lot... The answer is he could have been older than Abraham, same age or younger than Abraham. Yeah. But in terms of relations, he was the nephew of Abraham. Okay, then in regard, well, I guess I, I say that because many times, especially when later when Lot and Abraham separate because they're too great, and Abraham gives him the choice to pick where he wants to go, many times people have criticized Lot for being selfish, uh, worldly-minded because he wants to go to this green area, but that's not necessary. Well, the text doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't criticize him because after he makes that choice or sees that choice, it also says, now the men of Sodom were wicked exceedingly and sinners against the Lord. It criticizes the Sodomites, but it doesn't criticize Lot. It just says that he's gone to a good area, but it's in a dangerous place. Uh, then one last Haran, the city, the town that they settled in. Yes. Is is it just coincidental that its name, the, the name is the same as the brother that's already died? Okay. Um, here's also some confusion. Um, Haran, the brother of Abraham. Haran, the brother of Abraham. The H is like our H in English. Okay, in the Hebrew language. But then the city, even though it's spelled with an H, 
If, if we were to transliterate, if we were studying Hebrew grammar and transliterating into uh, transliteration, we would put a dot under it and it's known as the dotted H. Just a dot right under the name. And it sounds like uh, K-H. So, Haran. Haran. That's the name of the city. So this is the city. And... And this is the name of Abraham's brother. So in the Hebrew, the spelling is different. Yes. But it doesn't come across in English. It doesn't come across in English. The Hebrew, the spelling is different, but doesn't come across in English. So, so the founder of that, whoever founded that town, his name wasn't Haran, right? Correct. It could yeah. have been anyone. Okay. Yeah, it, could, it was somebody else. Or, this, was, this is different than this. Yes. Okay, that explains it. Okay. Yes. Good question. Um, then also with Terah, when you look at that the genealogy leading up, it, all the other ones they have, you know, when it mentions how old they were when the son was born, mm. that's brought out. They all they all were 30, 34, 30, 32, 30, 20, 29. So they were in that younger age. But Terah was seventy before. He was twice as old, a little bit more than all of them as well. So yeah. He was, that was, that's unique as, as well. He wasn't able to have children yeah, until God, that. Yeah, God didn't, didn't give him children life. until he was 70. Yes. Yeah, that, so that is different between Abraham and those who follow um, ever, or actually all of them, except, um, yeah, from Arpachshad onward, from Arpachshad onward, they were all around 30 years old when they had uh, this son. Um, but also, it doesn't say that that was their first child. Like, let's just say in the case of uh, um, Sarug. Sarug is an easy one. His name is unique. So, verse 22, And Sarug lived 30 years and became the father of Nahor. And he had other sons and daughters. It doesn't mean Nahor was his firstborn. Right. So, he could have had... Other children before that, earlier. earlier. But in the case of Terah, God didn't bless him with these until he was 70. I do have a question about Terah. Mm -hmm. um, in chapter 12, verse 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, and from your father's house. Um... So you're thinking that maybe uh, Tira was converted after Abraham left his father's house or before? Or why do you think Tira was converted? I mean, okay. I, I, I'd like to believe that. Yes. Okay. Why, why do I think Tira was converted? Uh, because it, it says that Abraham, go forth from your country and from your relatives, from your father's house. Well, among the other descendants of of Nahor, the father of Terah, there would have been relatives all living there in Ur, correct? There would have been others there. Um, and so, in that sense, he's leaving his father's house, meaning not his immediate father, but his ancestors, the place of his ancestors. He's leaving that. So, in that sense, he's leaving his relatives and father's house in Genesis 12, verse 1. But... Then your other question, I think it's, it's a two-part question. How, why do we think that he was 
a believer. I only say that because they're all, for a couple of reasons, they're all leaving together, and Lot's leaving, Sarah's leaving, so they're all leaving together. Uh, Terah leaves as well. Uh, Nahor also leaves. Nahor, the brother of Abraham, also leaves. They all leave. Why would they leave? If they're happy and comfortable in the broad plain of southern Mesopotamia, it's a nice place, it's lush, it's fertile, everything is there, why would they leave? They did leave. And the fact that Abraham left evidences his faith, and it's likely the case with the others. Then, in Je uh, Joshua 24, 24-2, when Terah, Abraham, and Nahor are mentioned, it's, it says, and they served other gods. The implication is, we know in Abraham's case he converted, and because he mentioned Nahor, the brother of Abraham, and Terah, why did he mention those names, but not Haran? Mm. He didn't mention Haran, who died, it says in Genesis eleven twenty eight, and, and Haran died in the presence of his father Terah, in the land of his birth, in Ur of the Chaldeans. So maybe Haran did not believe, but Terah, Nahor, and Abraham did. Because they're all mentioned together. They're named together. That would make sense too. Is, is that the area of Haran where they go and settle? Then later, Abraham and Lot leave there, but Nahor, and there would have been other family that stayed there? Yeah. And then is that where he sends, uh, Abraham sends his servant to go to get a wife? Or yes, husband? yes. So, which would mean more than he just wants someone who's a physical descendant. He, he wants a godly wife. Yes. For his son. That's the problem. Yes, that's and, the problem. And it, it had to be that there had to be believers there. Correct. Correct. It had to be that there were believers there. And notice how strongly, this is an, uh, another point. Thank you for bringing up the passage. In Genesis 24, when Abraham sends the ser his servant to find a wife in the city of Nahor, his brother, back in the, in the area of Haran, Padan Aram, in that area, northern Mesopotamia, where they were when Terah lived and died there uh, in that area. When he sends the servant, the servant says, in Gen Genesis 24, 5, and the servant said to him, suppose the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land, should I take your son back to the land from where you came? Then Abraham said to him, beware lest you take my son back there, the Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house, and from the land of my birth, and who spoke to me, and who swore to me, saying, To your descendants I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you will take a wife for my son from there. Uh, but if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be free from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant placed his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. Uh, and remember verse 10 says that they went, he went back to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. Because he wants to find a wife for Isaac. Why? Because Isaac cannot marry one of the Canaanites because they're all pagans. So he, he has to go back to his, the area, uh, city of Nahor in Mesopotamia, Haran area, to find a wife. And it's not even good for the wife to say, no, I don't want to come to Canaan. I want to stay up here because coming to Canaan is evidence of faith. And faith in, right here, as he said, 
in, in verse uh, 7, God said, to your descendants I will give this land. To your descendants. So coming to Canaan is a matter of faith. For the wife to have faith. That's what Isaac and um, Abraham are, are looking for. Uh, furthermore, if you keep reading Genesis 24, they speak of the Lord in very uh, glowing terms. And also... Um, Verse, uh, let, look at Genesis twenty four twenty four, when the servant is there. And she said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor. Again, she said to him, we have plenty of, of both straw and feed and room to lodge in. Then the man bowed low and worshiped the Lord. And he said, blessed be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his loving kindness and his truth toward my master. As for me, the Lord has guided me in the way to the house of my master's brothers. So, he's speaking of the Lord without having to explain himself. Correct? Mm -hmm. So, they must know about the Lord. Is the, the Lord is not a strange God or a different God that they never heard of before. All right. So, those are some reasons why I think... Um, Terah and Nahor were believers. Another question? Anyone else? Um, well, I've got another one. Okay. Um, well, it seems like earlier in the, in the chapter, so the verses 1 through 9, Anytime you have people uniting together and it's not for out of faith or to worship God, those types of things, it ends in a, a bad, it's usually not good, correct? Repeat that? What, so what do you mean by that? People are uniting together like they are here. Uh -huh. So we often hear today in our modern context the global community, globalism, we all need to unite together, we're all one human. Uh, people, all these types of things. But they don't mean that in the sense that the Bible does, that we're created in the image of God, that we ought to be united through faith in Christ, those things. They just mean it in a, uh, in the sense of kind of like Genesis chapter 11 at the beginning. We don't want to separate. We want to unite together, but it's not to worship God, and it leads to sin. Um, so it just it seems like when you look through history, Whenever you have large groups of people coming together, not for the right reasons, it leads to sin and misery and those types of things. And that's yeah. what it's set here at the beginning, and you see it repeated throughout history. Mm -hmm. I, I would agree with that and bro just broaden it, not just to worship God, but w whenever we gather and it is not according to the will of God or the word of God as a legitimate reason for gathering, then it's sin. For example, when a man and a woman gather together, and it's not to be married, but they just gather together, right? They're, they are together, then they, they sin when they do that, correct? Or um, if there's um, um, pe people gathering together, let's say, to go to the bar and get drunk, 
they are gathering together and it's not for a valid reason to gather there. But if they were to gather together to go to the courtroom, well, the courts are biblically valid, so it is possible for us to gather for going to the courtroom for whatever the lawsuit is. So there, if the biblical reason for gathering is there, a valid reason, then it's a valid reason. But if not, then it's not. And, and Sorry? Doesn't the culmination of all that happen in Revelation 16 when they gather together at Armageddon? That's kind of the final gathering of sin. Okay. The things that we do now, or that we see in the world now, are culminating towards that point. Yes, okay. Yeah, Revelation 16, it's, it mentions how the, the nations, they gather together at Armageddon. Yeah, so they're, they're gathering for the wrong reason. They gather to sin against God. Instead of worshiping God, yeah. Oh, before I forget, there was another verse that I just wrote on the board here. This one right here. To answer the previous question, why do I think Terah and Nahor, the father of Abraham, was a believer, and even Nahor, the brother of Abraham? Because in Genesis thirty-one fifty-three, it says the following. Uh, the God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, the God of their father... Yeah. Judge between us. So Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac. So the same God is the God of Abraham and Nahor, it says. Genesis 31 and 53. And it even says their father. Their father. The God of their father. Yeah, oh yes, uh, yeah, the God of their father, yeah. which mean, would mean Terah. Yes, good. All right. Anyone else? You think when God said go out and replenish the earth, he meant for men to congregate in cities? or Because when men congregate in cities, that seems like evil is concentrated also. And uh, I don't know if because of our nature, that's really a good idea. <laughs> And, and cities in the Bible, or most of them are described one way or the other as being evil. Even Jerusalem, you know, is described as in certain terms. So. Yeah, well, there is in the Bible a tendency for cities to be evil, um, but not exclusively. You, you mentioned the example of Jerusalem. The literal Jerusalem has had a habit of being evil, but it does not necessarily mean they should not congregate as a city. For example, when Nehemiah restored Jerusalem, he got people to inhabit Jerusalem, to live in Jerusalem, the city. So it's not necessarily in the physical world in which we now live a, an evil just to uh, live in the city. But the real issue is, why are we living in the city? Why are we congregating? The real thing is why. And in cities, you, when you have a lot of people and a lot of money and resources, that's where sin can happen, of course. So there is a danger, but it's not as though the Bible says, you shall not have cities. We should just be wary. Be wary. We should go to the city. Yeah. There will be many temptations. Many temptations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Many temptations. Yeah, and speaking of that, Beware of temptations in the city. If you go to rural parts of 
the United States, what's ravaging, what is destroying the towns all across the United States? And it's, and it's in cities too, but it's also in the towns. Drugs. Drugs. Illicit uh, drugs. They are there in towns all across the U.S. No. Yep. They have flooded into the country since about 1968. They flooded into the country. And, and that's, that's where hardly people live compared to cities. But it's still destroying those people. They're living in sin. Um, and this kind of thing is not just here, but it's all around the world too. If you go to remote villages, people there, the way that they live and the way they treat each other, how one tribe or village treats another tribe, they're not in cities, but they hate each other. Yeah. And you better not cross our boundary line, you better not cross our property, or you, you'll have it, right? And there'll be a riot, or there'll be killings, and massacres, and rape, and everything like that. Things like that happen too in remote places. It's the nature of man and why he does what he does. Yep. But that's, those are the issues. The nature of man and why he does what he does. Okay. Thank you very much.